Hey, Afronauts, I'm Chelsea Gaydon. I'm Jill Too. And I'm Beatrice Eicher. And we're your hosts for this episode of The Hero's Journey, where we sit down with Black authors in the speculative fiction space. Our hero today is Terry Benton Walker. Terry is the author of Blood Deaths, a magical YA contemporary fantasy, which will be available April, 2023. His apocalyptic middle grade contemporary fantasy, Alex Wise versus the End of the World, comes out in fall, 2023. Thanks for joining us today, Terry. Thank you so much for having me. It's um, I've been looking forward to this for a while, oh, so I'm really see. happy to be here. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> We've been looking forward yeah. to it. <laughs> Well, let's get the important stuff out of the way. Uh, what is your go-to coffee shop order for a writing session? Go-to coffee shop order. I'm going to have to say a lavender oat milk latte. Um, you know, I'm typically really chill, so I love lavender, and oat milk is the superior milk. Mm. Sorry, almond milk and coconut yeah. milk. Yeah. I, 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 have, I have no notes. I think that's, I think that's exactly right. <laughs> that is the correct I answer. I am an almond milk person, and I stand by that. You know, but I, I support was. you. I support, I support y'all with your mm-hmm. oat milk. Uh, I was an almond love. milk girl for a while. <laughs> Me but too. Then oat milk came into my life, and I was yeah. like, it's worth the premium. Yeah. Now, Beatrice, have you I, tried I oat milk yet? Yeah. Have you tried it? I, you went back to like it. Yes. I mm. no, I didn't like it. I tr- I I tried um oatly, and I just mm-hmm. didn't. <gasps> that's the that, best. That's, one. that's my milk. <laughs> that's the best one. It didn't listen. It wasn't giving what it was supposed to give. I'm really mm. sorry. Disagree. But that's that's fair. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. We all have our. We still love you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Okay, so for our next question, um, I was just wanting to ask about, you know how people sometimes get caught up, especially with, you know, like book Twitter and, and different mm-hmm. platforms, people get caught up in that comparison game. You know, they start thinking about, oh, maybe I'm falling behind when it comes to my writing dreams. Do you ever feel that way? And if so, what helps you navigate those feelings? Yes, I absolutely um, feel that way a lot. It's very easy to feel like you're falling behind, especially when you're on social media and um, you're watching everyone else's highlight reels. And you know, it's, you, you're happy for everyone, but you're kind of like, well, what about me? Um, but you know, one thing that I have had to learn over the years is, and um, this has come through advice from a lot of people I've worked with too, is that you know, your story, you are the only person who can tell your story. And so everything will happen in its time. And um, looking back at when I, cause I was in the query trenches for eight years and seven manuscripts um, before I signed with Patrice Caldwell. Wow. Yeah, it was a long I time. Did, wow. Long seven? <laughs> Props to you, just for, just for perseverance. Persistence. Seriously. Yes. Dang. Thank you. Good for and like you. there was a, there was a time when I wanted to quit because it wasn't happening. And I was like, I don't think this is ever going to happen. And I seriously stopped and thought, and I was like, well, what are you going to do if you don't do this? And I was like, nothing. So go ahead, try it up. Yeah. And you know, sometimes like you feel like it's easy to feel like you need to be keeping up with everybody else, but you know, like your path is your path and your story is your story. And when it's time for it to be out in the world, it'll be there. And I will also say, um, and I know this is like so cliche and nobody wants to hear that, especially people in the queer trenches, but um, Patrice didn't become an agent until my last manuscript. 
and mm-hmm. she was the perfect agent for me. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of feel like as sucky as everything was coming up into that, it was worth the wait. Mm-hmm. And I still yeah. like feel like we did the we made the best decision and like we had the best outcome. Wow. Great. And so it's like journey. your journey is your journey. You are mm-hmm. one of one. Yes, you yes, are one of one. I Unique. love that. <laughs> right? Sorry. Brenda's oh, yes. on repeat in this household. <laughs> oh, honey, let me tell you, I have not turned it off. And now my son is addicted. Oh, God. And like, it's, it's <laughs> we have to listen to it in the morning. When we get ready, we no longer watch Paw Patrol in the morning. As we get up, I wake no him longer. up. Mm-hmm. With Beyonce, I put my yeah. phone next to him at wow. the breakfast table and he's just oatmeal listening to Beyonce. And I'm, wow. like, I'm with it. I love it. <laughs> yes, vibing. Love it. <laughs> so I wanted to ask um, I know we've talked about Blood Debts before. It's coming mm-hmm. out next April. And you're currently working on the second book. Um, I'd love to know your process for outlining a series and making sure you've got the right amount of foreshadowing in the first book. So they all seem cohesive, getting a little bit more into craft questions here. Yes, I love craft questions. Thank you. Um, So with planning blood debts, um, I didn't know every intricate detail that I want to happen in every book in the series, but I did know from a very, very high level what the main event was for every book and where I wanted the characters to be at the end of the series. Um, now, as we work and like I talk with my editor and um, we figure things out, the path changes, but the destination is ultimately the same. Um, it's a perfect example. When we went on submission with Blood Debts, I had written um, a synopsis for books two and three, and we went on sub to those as well. And um, in working on book two, a lot has changed um, from that original synopsis, but like the high level thing that I envisioned from the beginning is still there. Um, and so I guess mostly I just have a high level plan and then just be open to and flexible to change along the way. Cause you know, and then even with all the planning, like you could do a whole outline and then your, cha- your characters would do what they want to do anyway. So, <laughs> <laughs> right. Very true. Right. That's very true. Yeah. So was Blood Death sold as a, is it a duology or a trilogy? How many books in the? So Blood Death, so we sold three books. Okay. Um, so the way that my contract is written, it might be two or three. Um, it just depends on how sales go for the first book. So please pre-order and yeah, buy yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I can finish the series. Um, yes. But um, the way that I envision this series, if I get to tell the story the way I want to tell it, it will be mm-hmm. five books. Um, wow. So we'll, hopefully I get there, but yeah. if not, I'll wrap it up in three. Right. <laughs> <laughs> wrap wow. it up. Okay. So, so you so you wrote synop- the synopses for books two and three. You went on sub mm-hmm. with those with those. And then do you have synopses for books four and five just on your own in the in the you know inner parts of Google Drive or Word or something? <laughs> yeah, I have a high level <laughs> pitch for book four and five if it ever comes to that I'm like I'm super anal about like organization and strategy and preparation I used to be a consultant so I have all of that stuff like already planned out and in a nice little powerpoint that I sent to my agent at the beginning of the year and she was like (laughs) dream client dream client (laughs) wow yeah so we're always so bad about this but 
since we're talking about Blood Debts, we should probably have you pitch it so that listeners know what it's about. <laughs> Could you give us a little pitch? Yes, absolutely. Um, so Blood Debts is the story of twin teens, Christina and Clement Trudeau. And um, it takes place 30 years after the most brutal magical massacre that New Orleans has ever seen in their history. And um, they find out that someone from the Generational Magic Council of New Orleans, one that they their family used to rule, um, put a hex on their mother and was attempting to kill her. And mm -hmm. so they have to figure out who did that and how to, or saw that murder, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> they have to figure out who put the hex on their mother, but to do that, they will have to solve a 30-year-old murder that mm. led to uh, a massacre. So. Nice. Oh, so it's it's okay. lots of twists and turns. Yeah, um, some mystery in there. Yeah, it's mystery. queer. Yeah. It, 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 it has everything. So if you really like, I pitch it as a Game of Thrones for teens and for us. Mm -hmm. um, and that's what inspired me to write this. And I know um, Game of Thrones is back on. And I know some of us are a little bit sketchy about diving back into that show after what happened. In season I don't want, eight, I don't but... want to be hurt again. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I can't do it. I know. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, what I loved about the Game of Thrones experience was that it was so cool because for the first time, like, there was this epic fantasy like event that people who I never got to talk about this stuff with, I got to talk about the show with. Mm -hmm. And I was like, man, that is so awesome. But it just sucks that like, there aren't that many black people and the people who were there, like we didn't have very much of a good time. Right. So I was like, I want to have that experience. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I was like, I want to have to that put experience. put it lightly. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Feel mad about yeah. Sunday, don't even get me started. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But yeah. <laughs> like, I wanted us to have that experience, but like, for it to be just for us. So I want people like Black people or children of color, I want them to read this book and be like, man, this was for me. Like mm -hmm. this was, this is my experience. I get to enjoy this and love this. So I hope that's what happened. That's so cool. It's so I funny because as you were uh, pitching the book, I, I was like, I can see the HBO like adaptation. Like I can see mm -hmm. it in my head. So yeah. yeah. It's from it's your coming. lips to HBO. Manifested, yes. Coming. It's coming. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Okay, so we talked about blood depths. Can you tell us a bit about Alex Wise? You know, your middle grade coming out? Yes, um, Alex Wise is my my troublesome baby. Um, and I just say that because <laughs> Alex Wise is a very, very personal story. Um, whereas blood depths was a very like angry story. And you know, like I wrote blood depths at the time in my life and I was very angry about like the macro and the micro things going on like in the world and in my own personal life. but. Mm -hmm. When I wrote Alex Wise, I was actually kind of sad, you know? <laughs> and like, I was just thinking about like a lot of stuff, like my childhood and like the state of the world and like how I became the person that I am now. And um, I put a lot of very personal experiences into Alex Wise, even more so than Blood Debts. Um, just to tell you a little bit about Alex Wise. So um, the full title is Alex Wise versus the End of the World. Um, it is coming in November from Labyrinth Road. Um, and it's about a 12-year-old boy named Alex Wise who is reeling after um, some vacation from telling his best friend that he was gay and did not get the reaction that he was expecting. And so the friendship fell apart. And so he's hoping on this next summer vacation that he will fix it. But unfortunately, he's not able to do that because he, him and his sister are sent away um, on a cruise with their estranged father and his new family. 
but on the way, the cruise ship sinks and they um, end up stranded on a deserted island, well, semi-deserted island, and mistakenly unleash the four horsemen of the apocalypse and death possesses his little sister and he has to go on the quest to get her back. What? Oh my God. <laughs> the stakes. I was Listen, like, oh man, it's best friend. The roller coaster I just oh went man. on. <laughs> I was just like, wait, what? Oh man, poor Holly. Oh, a title like, like that. Oh, okay. He's oh, okay. Going oh, okay. He's, oh, wow. Yeah. He's oh, going, no. He's going through it. It sounds yeah, like the story's going through. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds yeah, like it a lot a, of twists and turns. Just it like it is. Yeah. It is. And um, I, it was really, it was a lot to write it because, like, part of it, it, this is the fantasy story. Yeah. So there's magic and monsters and things. But the heart of the story is Alex learning to love himself as he is. And it's even part of the magic system. Like for him to use his powers, he has to accept mm. himself. Mm-hmm. As, oh, accept his authentic beautiful. self. So, yeah. I love that. <laughs> was that answer. something you wrote after becoming agented? Or was that one of the, the seven, like one of your trunked books before? It was one of my trunk books. Oh. Um, and what's it's interesting, I talked about this last, I don't know um, if y'all know, but both Blood Debts and Alice Wise were both mm-hmm. books that were shelved and died oh, in the query trenches. So you wow. didn't even, when you signed Patrice, you did not query her with Blood Debts. Correct. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's hope, people. <laughs> yeah, there's, yeah, there's hope. Yeah. Keep that in mind, querying mm-hmm. authors. Can you, can you talk a little bit about, sure. about that part of the journey? So you query her with something, and then what happened? Mm-hmm. So absolutely. Um, I queried her with an adult high fantasy um, called A Dragon's Reverie that was inspired by The Last Unicorn, which is one of my childhood favorites. Wait, um, wait. I'm like, do we just become best friends? Um, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Amazing. I love that movie so much. And I want like, I Me want too. a black version so badly. Okay. I got you. I got oh, you. Oh, man. <laughs> sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Coming soon. <laughs> and so we actually, we haven't sold it yet. So, but we do plan to. Um, it's, it's in the pipeline. But um, yeah, so like I, I queried her with that. And when we had the call, she asked me what else I had in the pipeline. And so I was like, well, I have this book that it was a book that I queried right before A Dragon's Reverie, which was Blood Debts. But at the time, um, it was called Queen. And I was like, I have this other book that I've really been thinking about for a long time. Like, I cannot let it go. And I was like, what do you think about that? And she was like, well, I'll read it um, and let you know what I think. Mm-hmm. And so I sent it to her and she read it. And after she read it, she called me again and we talked about it. And she was like, I love this book. She was like, it's very good. But she was like, I'm going to be honest with you. It needs a lot of work. And mm-hmm. I was like, it ain't a problem. Mm-hmm. I was like, we can do it. I know that's right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. That's okay. We can figure it out. Right. For yeah. you, Patrice Caldwell, I will. Yes. <laughs> I'll make it happen. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'll make so, it happen. Come hell out of water. And so, like, over the next year, um, she and I worked together on completely rebuilding the story. We changed the title. It changed from Queen to Blood Debts. Um, we changed up. Chris and Clem were always there. Um, we changed up the characters a bit um like and just redid the entire magic system because queen was originally based based on voodoo mm-hmm. and um in talking with patrice we thought that it would be better if i came up with like my own magic system that could be inspired by voodoo but mm-hmm. al- also open up to like a broader world with like other magic systems within this world and so that's mm-hmm. where you get 
like the um, the white mages and the vamps and some of the and the warlocks who are also part of the Blippets. Cool, fun, man, that's, that's so cool. cool. So you so then yeah. once you did the revision, then you just decided to just go on sub with Blood Bets first instead of yes. Okay, mm-hmm. got it. Cool. Yeah, so we went on sub with Blood Bets and um, sold to tour team, and like that's been an amazing process. Mm-hmm. And so while that was on sub, I started working on um, Alex Wise, mm-hmm. and so that was also a project that died in the query trenches. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. inspiration to query folks, listen up. <laughs> yeah, that's I, for real, for real. I got into AMM. Um, I was round two, I believe. And I had a mentor, Brie Barton. She's the author of Heart of Thorns and um, Zia Erases the World, which is a lovely MG about mental health. Mm. Um, and she mentored me through revising before and after. And it was the same premise, except it was young adult and the characters were aged up a bit. Mm. And it, as great as it was, it died in the trenches. And mm. you know, I got a lot of like positive feedback from agents, but it was just also just a bad time. Like I think that was around when like, you know, who was president and we thought we were going to have an apocalypse for real. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. like, I ain't got time for that. Yeah. <laughs> so I live this every day. Right. right. That's like my pandemic yeah. story that I was trying to <laughs> query oh, during yeah. the pandemic. Oh. It's just like bad timing. Bless your yeah. heart. Yeah, that was, that's too bad. But we're glad you didn't give up on it. Like that's, yeah, that's yeah. huge. It found its moment in the market and that's, that's awesome. It's beautiful. Yeah, well, credit to my mentor because she told me after we finished working on it, she said, you know, the voice here is really young. So like, if it does fail in the trip, well, not fail, but if it does um, die in the trenches, well, that's not better. If you have to carry it out, you were going to turn that around. Yeah. So when whatever happened, happened, she was like, you know, <laughs> consider turning it into a middle grade. And I was like, okay, I'm going to try that. And I did. And it mm-hmm. worked. So mm-hmm. if you have something that meets an unfortunate end in the trenches, it is not over, yeah. shelve it and um, just be open to coming back to it later. And one thing that I will also say too, is what helped me get an agent was being okay with shelving something and moving on. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times we get hooked on one specific project and we just keep churning and churning and churning. And I had the same thing happen to me. I spent, of the eight years that I spent querying, about four years of that was working on the same book mm. that would not work. Ooh, mm-hmm. And part of the reason was like, I'd learned so much throughout the process. I just needed to start over with something else. Mm-hmm. For real. That's really good advice. Yeah. I love that. And I think like the second yeah, part of what you said, which was like being willing to come back to it, you know, like mm-hmm. I think some people, you know, you, you shelve a book and you just can't look at it, right? Like it's, it, it's embarrassing or you just like, you know, you, you feel like you've come so much, so much further as a writer. And so you don't want to go back and look at that, that writing and you won't mm-hmm. even touch it. Like I've definitely done that with some stories, but you have to be willing mm-hmm. to say like, there's something here, like there's like a gem mm-hmm. of something very deep. And if I can just like polish it a little bit, then it could totally mm-hmm. have, you know, a second life. So that's an amazing story. Thank you. Yes. Well, let's switch gears a little bit. So okay. in addition to having these fantastic stories coming out very soon, you also have a little <laughs> minion at home. <laughs> uh- <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that, he's responsible for my little cough. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> little minion with adorable little little germs little little bacteria um was was curious uh if anything changed about your writing or the kinds of stories you wanted to tell um after your son came along because you know you mentioned you had this uh you know eight-year journey he's younger than eight right so there were books written before and books written after so what's that like 
Um, I will say it's like being a parent not only changed like how I approached writing in my career, but also just like how I approached life in general. Um, because before, you know, it was just, it was me and um, my husband, but you know, he grown. We I didn't have to worry about him too much. Like you got it. Uh, <laughs> like, That's good. You, That's good. Well, you have like this little person and like they're trying to figure out the world for the first time and it's scary they don't know what's going on like it just changes your priorities and um and it's not just like having my own son also um made me even more like empathetic to other children and so now like with all of these stories what i want to do is um not only entertain but also give you lessons and put things in your tools in your toolbox that you can use to navigate life. Um, mm -hmm. And like a lot of times people ask if you could go back to your younger self and give them or give them any advice, what would you give them? And I often say, if I could tell my younger self anything, I would just give him a box of my books. And I'm like, everything I have learned is here. <laughs> so, that is so beautiful. And, I want to do the same thing for my son too. So that's how, so now I write like with him and other children like him. That is beautiful. Wow. Thank you. Well, I'm going to switch gears again and ask you about social media yeah. because okay. I'm very interested in social media. Not, not, not as beautiful. <laughs> not, as, not as beautiful. I apologize. Um, mm -hmm. Anyway, so you're pretty active on Twitter. Mm -hmm. Do you find book Twitter specifically to be a net positive, a net negative or neutral or something in between? It is a roller coaster and we're up, we're down, we loop the loop. It just depends on what day, <laughs> what day of the week it is, what time of the day it is, who's had their coffee and who hasn't. Um, <laughs> so I, I think it's a, a little bit all over the place. Um, it, at times, it can be like hard to navigate it all because there's so much going on. Um, I do have to put my phone down at times, but I kind of treat um, Twitter like cable television. Um, <laughs> what I mean by that is like, I log on and I read tweets like flipping channels. And like, sometimes you don't always have to engage with everything, especially stuff that's like spicy and dramatic and stuff's going on. But I know I watched that show. <laughs> I wasn't in it, but I watched it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, but for the most part, like, I just try to be positive and like uplift people and um, like help promote people and like reach, reach out with other, connect with other people and new people, especially new writers. Um, and I also will say too, since we're on the subject of, of social media, um, advice for up and coming authors and even like established authors because we all struggle with this but it's really it's it's difficult when you see sometimes it feels like there's so much negative information and there's so much like toxic stuff happening on twitter and i've seen lately i've seen a lot more marginalized writers especially writers of color expressing like um just um what's the word i'm looking for just like a sadness and like a hopelessness about publishing and like they're like you know in light of everything's going on like is it worth my time am i going to make it like is anything going to come of this and i will say i've been there before i've thought the same thing um you got to keep going and you got to keep pushing if it's something that you really want to do and you're passionate about it and i'm here as a testament that as janky as publishing can be sometimes <laughs> mm. 
there are tons of gatekeepers out there. I'm sorry. Yeah, I go again. Use the wrong word. There. <laughs> they're not, they're not tons of gatekeepers. There are gatekeepers out there. That I wish there were tons, but there are gatekeepers out there who care about us and our stories and want to champion us and want to see us be successful. So um, don't don't be discouraged. Like don't let the highlight reels throw you off your game. Like put your head down and keep working. It's gonna happen. Yeah, all the good advice. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, they're having a kid has turned me into everybody's dad. So that's right. another thing. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's cool. Jill, is, Jill is mom. So <laughs> yes, yes I know. dad everybody. I'm the right. person that makes sure everybody takes their medicine. Everybody, you got okay. your hat on. We go outside. Believe in yourself. Don't talk, don't down talk yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's right. <laughs> it's so good. I, mean, I feel like we've just chosen. Like I just love our guest lineup. I feel like every episode yeah. so far has just been like just preaching. I'm just like yes, <laughs> I need to just receive yeah. all of this so good yeah and the community needs it so thank mm-hmm. you for no, thank all you. of you for what you're doing yeah. it's amazing you. well speaking of community <laughs> do you have any advice for black authors um on how to build community mm-hmm. yes um one of my favorites Issa Rae I'm sure everybody has heard this quote a million times by now but like it was so it's so good mm-hmm. um a lot of us sometimes think that to build a community we need to network up but um, a lot of my community I've gotten by networking out by, with people who are in the same place as me. And because a lot of times those are the people who will help you and uplift you and, and honestly also like have more time. And I know a lot of times like being a new writer on Twitter, like you'll reach out to some established authors and it's hard not to take it personal like if they don't respond or they don't initially like establish that really strong connection. But what I had to realize is that like those folks are busy and like and that's like one of my big biggest fears like even being a person who's like pretty open and like try to connect with everyone as much as I can like I get busier every day and I know I can't but um the way that you combat that is by networking out and finding your people who are going through what you're going through um and then also don't forget like to reach back because no matter where you are there's always someone behind you so there's always something you can do to reach back and help so just have Build your community 360 degrees all the way around, not just up. Oh, that's again amazing, <laughs> amazing <laughs> advice. I totally agree. I, I think that's that's one of the issues that I I used to have. But I, I always thought that I had to look look up to someone, mm-hmm. and I could only look up to someone. And so I, mm-hmm. I've had to really think, really, I've had to really question myself on why I think that, and like why why I thought that, and why mm-hmm. that was something that I kept going for a long time I totally agree we should reach out to people who are on our same level and also people who who can help yeah we've talked about that before because you know before um before things started happening this year before like I was agented and stuff we we talked about like well what can what can we do like we we don't have a book deal we're not like (laughs) we're not like writers real writers right um so what can we do and I feel like we still I think kind of try to pep each other up and remind each other that we, mm-hmm. we have gifts and talents to offer and time and things that we've mm-hmm. learned and we we shouldn't sell our uh, our expertise short and our ability yes. to help others short. Mm-hmm. Right, and our accomplishments, no matter how small, no matter how, you know. I yeah, totally small. agree. Mm-hmm. 
And I tell people that all the time, like celebrate your small accomplishments because you're going to need mm-hmm. those good memories when like the real, mm-hmm. when like the real bad stuff happens. Mm-hmm. I, was, I was almost cursed. That's fine. No, you're fine. Okay. You're fine. You're fine. <laughs> I was trying to be good. <laughs> No, we can re-record this whole thing. We can we can do a yeah an explicit. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we'll do a clean version and an explicit yeah, version. exactly. Okay. Well, yes, honey, celebrate your achievements, no matter how small, because you're gonna need to remember that mm-hmm. when, when shit gets rough, <laughs> and it's gonna get rough. That is so true. Mm-hmm. That's so true. I have like every time I get a rejection from a short fiction magazine or an Asian or whomever, and they say something nice. I screenshot the nice thing they said and then I look through those things when I'm when I'm feeling down on myself because I I feel like even in the bad parts there there's something to be remembered there's something that you should like hold on to even when it's not what you wanted obviously it's smart but yeah that's that's a really good um habit to have and I do I do that as well because like Sometimes when you're down in the dumps, you just need to scroll through like some, some good vibes for a minute. I needed that. I know you talked a little bit about, you know, where you were in your writing journey earlier. Um, but are there any things like maybe tips or like things that you wish you knew earlier in your writing journey and your publication journey? Yes. Um, that this is a business. And um it should be treated as such. And like that helps you navigate publishing better when you, when you sort of reprogram your thinking. Um, because essentially like once you get publishing deals and you're under contracts and you have things going on, um, you are like, you're an entrepreneur. You're the CEO of your own brand. And, um, and so it's just things that come along with that, like managing taxes. And um, it's like, I, I started an S corporation to like um, manage the business side of that. And that was a lot. Mm. Um, that was something that I did not know that like I would have to think about. Mm. Um, and then like the legal stuff of like how your contracts are set up and like who owns your IP. And mm. um, so just be open to to the fact that like, this is is more than just like writing stories. That's just, that's the most important part. But that's also only one part. So you still have to like represent yourself as a business and as a brand in everything that we do from everyone that you deal with, from answering emails, all the way from the bottom of the chain to the top to the CEO of the company um, and just how you handle yourself. Was the business side of things something that you had to figure out on your own or did you have people or resources to, to help you? I, a little bit of both. You, know, you had the <laughs> so, consulting background, so I guess you could kind mm-hmm. of, yeah. Yeah, so like I wasn't coming in um, completely unawares of everything. So like I had, a, I, I knew just enough to be dangerous, but um, also I have like a really great community of friends um, in the publishing community. Um, people like Nick Stone and Mar Giles who helped me out, and Tiffany mm-hmm. Jackson. Mm-hmm. Um, so I call them all the time and ask them like, "How how do we exempt this? You sure we could do that? Like, <laughs> what what does this mean?" Uh-huh. Um, and you know, like we just and the reality for a lot of um, creators of color is we don't have access to the information and the resources that a lot of our white counterparts have mm-hmm. right and so 
it's it's a little bit harder for us to get up to speed with everything when something happens, like when we get a big book deal or whatever, mm -hmm. um, because we just don't know. Mm -hmm. And that's that also goes back to the community and making sure that like you're asking questions and, and um, yeah. staying in contact with people at all different levels who um, you can run stuff by and just get advice from mm -hmm. and also be open to sharing information too, because um, that is what makes the difference between um, but that's what helps you make it, so to speak. Like it's mm -hmm. already like we yes, we have to work twice as hard for half as much, but it's even harder when we don't have access to the information and the resources that we need to break through that barrier. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. yeah. Right. Like once you once you get that foothold, it kind of keeps you mm -hmm. helps helps you keep hanging on. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm just looking at our next question and just laughing. <laughs> it's like this episode has the weirdest transitions. Like it's so, it's so weird. This? This is, I'm looking at this like, wait a second. I'm, I'm supposed gonna, to pivot I'll, like this. I'll ask. Okay. I'm, just gonna, I'm just gonna go for it. Uh, our wrap up, our wrap up question. What's the worst haircut you've ever had? I'm sorry. <laughs> worst haircut you've ever had. Um. So I, I thought about this question a while. This is a funny question. Um, I have not had a bad haircut that's like story worthy, mm. but I will, mm. I have had a bad like hair related experience. Um, and I'm sure like most guys have dealt with this, like when you're in high school and you know, you're about 16, 17. And I don't know like where these people came from with like the razors and the shaving creams and it's like, child <laughs> and they gave like all the boys like the razor and the shaving cream like gender confirming bs mm -hmm. and so like i got mm -hmm. it and so i was went home and i was feeling myself i had a little bit of like stubble on my mm -hmm. face so i went home and shaved with that the next day i woke up my face looked like a deal <laughs> oh, pickle it was no. so oh, awful and oh, you know my mom was like you going to school Oh, <laughs> oh, 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 of course it's your mama said i knew it <laughs> she's she like, said you your mom and i was like oh she said i don't, I don't oh, care no. you're going to school <laughs> oh, oh my and gosh. i remember wow. i remember sitting in class and one of my best friends just like looked at my face and she said what happened are you okay oh, <laughs> yeah. i'm like girl no oh. <laughs> my face is on fire Oh yeah. no! This is like pre-bevel. This is like pre-like yes. black men specific. <laughs> I, yeah. I was thinking of bevel. I was like, man. <laughs> oh my god! I don't want to date only myself. Only bevel had been there. I graduated from high school in two thousand two, so bevel mm -hmm, did not mm -hmm. exist then. No, <laughs> that is brutal. That is fair. yeah, that's fair. That is they they knew what they were doing. Like mm -hmm. that's the children don't know like oh. how to use. Oh great! I'm grown. I'm gonna go. Uh, <laughs> That mm -hmm. is. Yeah. I thought I was sampling my little shaving foam in the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> Never again. Lesson oh, <laughs> learned. Oh, no. Well, you've recovered. Yeah, your beard is yes. glorious. Yeah. Yes, you look great. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you can pass this lesson on to your son. It'll be great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. Excellent. Yes. Oh yeah, this has been great. Thank you so much again. Yeah. Today. Thank you yes. also for thinking of me. This has been so much fun. Um, I anytime you want me to come back, I'm happy to. Come Ooh, back. Okay. okay. I'm we going to really that. that. We know you have a busy year, so we'll try to get on your calendar. Yeah, remember mm -hmm. that really? when I slide in your DMs, and I'm like, hey, mm -hmm. remember when? Remember when you said um, that? Sure did. Yeah.
Okay. I got you, boo. So where can our listeners find you, Terry? My website is www.tjbitchenwalker.com. On Instagram, I'm at Ice Cream Vice Lord. And on Twitter, I'm at TJ Bittenwalker. Okay. I feel like I learned something new about you just then. Ice Cream Vice uh, Lord. Lord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love ice cream and vice. All right. We'll talk about, All right. we'll talk about ice cream and vice. Next like, time. Next, next time. time. That'll be our first question. <laughs> ice cream. Thanks, Terry. Thank you.